Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what up, sports fans? My name is Aaron Warner. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stefan Heck. Uh, this is the I Hate This Team podcast, which you probably know since you're listening to it, but maybe you're just tuning in now. Yeah, uh, and with it's, a, it's important to... It's, it is important to intro- say the name of the podcast off the top. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure we do that with Lock Party, right, John? Yeah. John we Cullen, do. everybody. Yeah. Hi, John. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, Stefan, at the start of every Block Party episode, we say the name of the show. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, just making I sure. Say, I wasn't sure. Hello, friends, idiots, and friends who are also idiots. Welcome to your favorite podcast about social media and rejection. It's Blocked Party. It's Blocked Party, of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course yeah for a while, we, we said this is a podcast. Like, I hate this team, a podcast about loving the Vancouver Canucks, but... That fell off after well, like the first episode. <laughs> yeah, love's a bit strong. Well, John knows. I mean, he, he was making fun of me for it, but uh, the start of the season, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I was. I mean, you can attest, John. I was like kind of looking forward to the season. Yeah, and I was telling you, you're a stupid idiot. I know, but I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. I, I knew uh, there was a chance it was going to fall apart, but I didn't think it was going to be yeah, that shitty. I didn't think. I, I just think it was weird because there was. I think like the prevailing narrative around the Canucks before this season was their defense will be not great, but good enough. And I think, and I think that people who don't cheer for the Canucks looked at that and went, Oh no, it will not be nearly good enough. I mean, cause it was so much of it was banking on that OEL wasn't washed and that his like one season with the Canucks was, was going to be the next okay yeah he still wasn't even that good but it was like you could play him in the top four yeah yeah and then same with tyler myers he was coming off probably his best season as a canuck uh so yeah and then obviously tucker poolman is hurt and probably sucks anyway and like there was just never i don't know from the outside it was like okay well your top pair is quinn hughes and luke shen now obviously shen aged well yes uh, but like yeah it just to, to an outsider, at least, at least for me, I, I think I was like, oh, I think the defense is going to be really quite bad. It, and it was quite bad. And now going into next year, I am feeling a bit more realistic about it, I guess, in that they have like Hronik and Bear. So they have like two competent. Do they resign Bear yet? No. Well, no, not yet. I guess that's true. I think they're going they, to. But they theoretically have Bear. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, it, there's like some pretty interesting stuff around Bear because he's like arbitration eligible, and there's two buyout windows. There's the one before the draft, and then there's a secondary buyout window if you have players in arbitration. So one theory I've heard kind of floated is that they're going to try and take Bear to arbitration. So if they can't get rid of money any other way, they'll then be able to buy out OEL in that secondary window as like a last ditched effort to get. God, I, the salary I hope cap. that. I really hope that. I want that more than anything. I just can't. 
I can't deal with him on the team anymore. I just want him off the team. Him and Tyler Myers. If they're off the team next year, like I will 100% cheer for this team to make the playoffs. Like, did you? Well, I'm gonna. You're not gonna be cheering for that anyways. I guess I. I guess I kind of have to. <laughs> well, we. Yeah. I mean, John, I feel like you've. So I'm trying to think as a Leafs fan, obviously you've been through a lot of shit and that's kind of what we're going to talk about on this episode. Uh-huh. But like, did you ever get to a point where you're like, I, cause like you guys actually executed a tank properly and uh-huh. like planned it out. Right. So it was a little different. Right. Whereas with the Canucks, it's like they never tanked properly and, and they, they never will. And so at some point, and I think Aaron is on the same page. We're just kind of like, well, we just like have to cheer for them to make the playoffs now because it's so miserable otherwise. Like, right. did it ever what get to that gonna, point? What for else you? are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I think like so the the first year they signed Babcock, where they were tanking for Matthews. I did not watch a single second of a Leafs game on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> um. So like, yeah, maybe I saw a little bit at a bar or whatever. Like, I would say <clears throat> right now in the last like seven years that the Leafs have been quote unquote good. I I would say if you add it all up, I watch about half of the games. Yeah, um, prob- probably somewhere around. 40 it is games. tough to find time. Like it is a commitment. It's tough to find time well, to watch. Yeah. Games are on Saturday afternoon, and yeah. just like yeah. So it, I would say it's about half if you add up all the minutes I watch. And then, uh, but then yeah, before so that year I watched none, and then it was like the couple years before that where I was definitely cheering for them to blow it up. And then 2013 was like the worst possible thing that could happen where they limped into the playoffs with an insane PDO and James Reimer playing out of his mind. And then they almost beat Boston. Essentially their version of the Canucks bubble playoffs. 100%. It's such a mirror to that where like stupid Leafs fans were like, told you like this team is fucking sick, whatever, you know. And then, like, smart Leafs fans were like, they're going to learn all the worst possible yeah. lessons from this. And then they did. And uh, it took three. It took another three years before we realized. So you, this season upcoming for you is your it's third year. It's essentially that. Yeah. Yeah. So you so you got to go through maybe one more bad year before they figure it out. Which, like, which is sort of like with, like, the way their contracts are. Other than OEL, that's kind of, it kind of lines up with their bad contracts. Like, Myers is off Miller. the Okay. Well, fuck. <laughs> Let's talk about the Leafs instead of the Canucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was, I was driving around yesterday and I was thinking, like, I never want to cheer for the Canucks to lose again. I just, I hope I can go into next season and it is close enough that I can watch the games from like, I see a goal and I'm like, yeah, way to go, Sheldon yeah. Dries. This doesn't <laughs> upset me that you scored against fucking Yeah, I would fucking Anaheim. love that. That would be great. I want that again. I want to just be stupid, basically. I want to do like the men in black, uh, like mind wipe thing, you know, and just yeah. like, and just like care about the team again. I, we but need to get stupider. Do you think you're capable of doing that? Um, it depends on the beginning. Like, it's, it's hard to say, right? Because like, what does losing next year get them besides just another wasted year? Because I think they've proved at this point that they're not going to commit to... Yeah. Fully it gets rebuilding. them maybe like the 13th overall pick instead of the 11th overall pick, probably. Yeah, like that that ship sailed when they, they acquired Heronic, right? So yeah. I think I just I don't have even to be- think it's that. I think they're too good. Like I think Pedersen and Hughes and Demko, yeah. when you have those three players, you're too good to finish last. Oh, like, no, no, when no, you I, look I, at like... I, that's not happening. I think 13th no, I overall, know. though. Like it's... Yeah. 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 
Like, yeah, like that's just, the thing. Like the Leafs' third year was getting Austin Matthews. Like yeah. the third year after 2013 was blatantly tanking first liner Byron Fraze uh, <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to get. Uh, yeah, I think the first line the 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 lineup in their last game of the season in 2015-16 is so funny. It was like the first line is like James Van Riemsdyk, P.A. Parento, and Byron Fraze. Oh, and then the second guys. line is like Brad Boys in the last year of his of his contract. Tyler Bozak, maybe. He might have been hurt. Like they had it was like a combo of the team was bad, the injuries. But like it's it's the same thing as this year. You look at Chicago, yeah. you look at Anaheim, Anaheim with the injuries yeah. and everything. Like the the pro that's the problem for the Canucks is like they weren't. They weren't built in a way to maximize EP and Quinn Hughes because of it was the failures before that. It was like the Leafs failed up until getting Matthews, but they had Nylander and Marner just there, you know? So it was like, you could kind of, it was like, you could do it all at once. Whereas yeah. like the mm-hmm. Canucks, they don't have, they don't have the like Marner and Nylander waiting in the wings. So even no. if you, even if you tanked, which you couldn't, like they, there's no way they can get bad enough right now to so so they, you're had, right. they like did actually is. have a chance. I I would say they had a chance this year if they actually like sat Demko and yes. like like they yeah. they, they completely With- fucked it up at the end of the year. I think they weren't going to be picking first, but they would have obviously maximized their chances and maybe they'd be picking like eighth instead of eleventh, yeah, which is like, like potentially in an getting ideal Mitch world Cobb, fifth or right? sixth, right? Yeah, so. I mean, they still fucked up big time. I, but. I think it, what John said about like Pedersen and, and Quinn Hughes and Demko are just too good. That's did you see the Drance's piece in the Athletic about comparing the Canucks to the different conference finalists using yes. uh, GSVA? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that I thought was like quite interesting because top of the lineup they matched really well. So the yeah, other they, teams they there, have like, they have a number one. They have their best defenseman in team history by far yeah they have so i mean Pedersen is up there for best forward in team history in terms of just like pure skill and then demko is like a very good goalie like they have the three hardest positions to find and um, and they just can't find depth what like was they, what i thought was really interesting is like based on gsva Pedersen was better than the average top line center that's left quinn hughes is better than the average number one defenseman that's left and then GSVA is like not a perfect number, obviously. Yeah. It has like uh, JT Miller's plus 10 uh, for center, which is like actually better than the average top, like the second line center that's left. That was only like a plus four. Yeah. But where they get absolutely fucking caved in is when you go like further down the lineup, uh, yeah. especially like the the third line is, is really bad in comparison. Uh, fourth line also pretty bad in comparison. And like all obviously like the bottom four defensemen are all bottom five defensemen actually all way worse <laughs> so it's like well, you, yeah, you can was, see why stupider people look i'm like well they have quinn hughes and and uh Elias Bennett and you get another good season out of jt like why is it so hard and then you look and see that like the vegas golden knights have william carlson playing third line minutes at center for them and this you're like, is oh, the perfect, okay that's the that's this the, is the perfect team for someone like mike gillis to take over legitimately because uh, he he came into the Canucks with like the Sedins and Kessler and and Edler and and Luongo and and added like just like the perfect depth pieces. He was so good at that, right? And like mm-hmm. I think that's something that like fans think that's just really easy to do. Is like they 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 look at it like oh it's just like tinkering around the edges, but like that's like really difficult to get right. 
Because um, everybody wants to do it. Everybody's yeah. looking for the next Michael Bunting to pay $700,000 yeah. a year and he gets 50 points, you know, or yeah. whatever. Like, I think the problem for the Canucks is it's not only that their bottom six and their bottom four are bad. It's that they're expensive and yes. on yeah. term contracts. So that's the thing is like you look at the Leafs, right? Like, yes, obviously they flamed out of the playoffs, but I think most people can agree. They had a lineup that could have contended for the Stanley Cup this year. You know, after they beat Tampa, they were the betting favorite to win the cup. Yeah. And you look at them and they have 10 UFAs this year. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. would have had 11 if they didn't trade Pierre Engvall at the trade deadline. Uh, so you so you think of it like that. It's like that is how proper teams do it is like you <laughs> you build your bottom six and you don't give anybody more than two years and you don't give anybody more than two million. Yeah. And then that way, you know, and that's the thing. So it's like the Leafs have like Kerfoot camp, uh, you know, all those guys coming off the who else is a Chari, uh, you know, coming off of their their deals this year. Like so. You go through the, you know, where's the Canucks? It's like, okay, so Tanner Pearson sucks. And he's also, I mean, obviously he's injured, but like, let's say he didn't get injured. It's like, okay, so we have Tanner Pearson who sucks and we're also paying him 3.5 million for two more years or whatever. And then it's, oh, and then we have this player we're paying to 3 million and it's, you know, or Brock Besser even is like, you know, so that's the thing. 6.65 actually. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's the issue for the Canucks is it's not only that, they have a shitty bottom six and bottom four, but they're paying them way too much and they can't get out of those deals. Yeah. I mean, I think the deal that I feel like people have forgotten about, but the deal that sums up the Canucks of the last decade to me and like Jim Banning, especially is the Jay Beagle contract, um, which hmm. is like, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to say three? it was four years, $3 million. It was four three years, $12 million. million. Oh, like that is, man. that's like a Jeff finger level. Like that's one of, that's such a bad contract. That's like, yep. he's obviously, whatever, he's a fourth line center. Like, he, but he was like not good either. Like, he was not, he was barely a fourth line center. And like, cut pedigree though. Oh, God, dude. I mean, that, that just, that is to me the quintessential Jim Benning signing. And especially yeah. when you, it, it's compounded with uh, the guy they let go for Jay Beagle was Nick Dowd, who then went to Washington, the team that won the cup with Jay Beagle. Uh, and was like better than Jay Beagle. Way better. Actually. Way, 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 way better. Way better. <laughs> and cheap, like like league minimum. Like, yeah. It, it, like, it, fuck, I'm Jim Benning is so stupid. And, like, I, I, it is nice to hear Jim Benning's name in the news again. Um, obviously, yeah. there's there are some. For two of us. There are some. Well, yeah, there are some GM openings. Uh, the Leafs are not. Jim Benning will not be the GM of the Leafs. I mean, you can, never say they never. They can put him in every article they want to. He will not be the GM ne- of the never Leafs. Never say so. never. Like, uh, did you see the article that was like, well, it'd be interesting to see what he does uh, without ownership, kind of like uh, <laughs> yes, breathing down his so. neck. Like, what of are course you talking I saw about? That. Oh, my God. That's just someone who is connected to Jim Jim Benning's for agent, sure. yeah. for sure. Well, just it's how like, like Mark Hunter or like Dale Talon always get their names out there, right? Like, they're I, not hiring Mark Hunter. I no, mean, exactly. Like, I think I think you're right. It is people just like it's agents or whoever just just planting the names, especially with yeah. a team like the Leafs, right? Where like everyone wants. Don't that get job. me wrong; they very well may sign a bad GM, but it won't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so Stan Bowman. So yeah, uh, that would be that would. Be, did you see what? Um, uh, Steve, Steve Simmons. Simmons said, "Oh, you bet." Fucking uh, how, moron. I, I literally like three <laughs> days ago. I tweeted like I I was like, "Oh right, I forgot Stan." Because I was joking about them hiring Joel Quenville because it seems yeah. like they want to. 
And so I was joking about them hiring Joel Quenville. And then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, Stan Bowman's available, too. Can't wait for them both to get hired. And then Cahal Kelly writing the like, oh, they're fine. Who cares about their past? You know, so uh, Steve I didn't Simmons, realize that Steve Simmons was going to go fully like anti. Oh, yeah, the you Leafs anti woke or the Leafs medium woke audience or whatever. Yeah, I've got modern semi woke so company. Semi woke. Yeah. The best available GM not working is Stan Bowman, <laughs> which is like arguable. Like he fucked up that team by the end of it, right? Yeah, they almost three lost cups. Bedard. They yeah, were I mean, like three insanely oh, lucky for, for sure, to not lose the, that pick. By the end of it, I mean, it was a disaster. The best available coach is Joel Quenville. Uh, neither has been approved to return to the NHL. Both want to return. Would a politically correct, modern, semi-woke company such as Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment ever consider either of these men pushed out because of the Kyle Beach investigation? I would certainly consider it. I mean, that is. I think they're gonna. I think they're going to hire Quenville. I'm already, like, mentally preparing for that. Because the, the, the thing that sucks about them hiring Joel Quenville yeah. is that he probably is, like, a top he, five coach. He is in the a world. really good coach. Yeah. So it'll, so that's the part that will suck is like, it's very possible. They will hire him and then do very well. And I will be happy that they're doing well. And also very mad that they hired this guy. It's it, like, it's just such a <laughs> shitty situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Like what, like it's, it's easy to say as a fan of another team, like, Oh man, if my team did that, I would, I would, I'd make a stand, but you, you wouldn't. I'm not right? gonna. Like, make, I'll, <laughs> I'll get out of it right in front of it right now. Like the Leafs, uh, look, I've been cheering for the Leafs for 37 years. You think I'm gonna stop now for almost <laughs> any reason? I mean, it's pathetic. <laughs> I've been through basically every reason you can imagine. We might as well add like let sexual assault go past his desk. Uh, we might as well add that to the list. God, God I mean, give him a letter of almost, reference. Would you prefer right? John Tortorella over Joel Quenville? If they hire John Tortorella, I would yeah. act. That would actually, that's more likely to make me stop. <laughs> because at God. least like Quinville will probably coach him well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, which is like, is sad to say, but I'm just like, at the end of the day, I'm admitting like, I love hockey and they're my favorite team. So yeah. I'm just, it's, it sucks, it's just such like, a hard, yeah. it's just such a hard needle to thread. It's like, the, the problem is too, at the end of the day, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I do. If I yeah. stop watching the Leafs, it doesn't yeah. matter. None yeah. of it matters. So it's like, yeah, yeah I don't know. It sucks. Like they do keep saying Doug sucks. Armstrong as GM, maybe, which is like that's like poaching him from from St. Yeah. Louis. Is that like the least bad option? Maybe that's probably the least bad option. He, he's right? pretty, he's, he's Mr. Retool good. on the fly. So the yeah. thing I like about him too is so obviously like any GM that he's got bad deals in his wake. The Justin Falk deal was bad. The Tory Krug deal is aging horribly, but the thing that Doug Armstrong has done from the very beginning in St. Louis is like, if you suck, he does not care. He'll yeah. be like, fuck you. You're gone. I don't care. And that's what the Leafs need. Like, if I'm in charge of the Leafs this offseason, I try to trade Marner, and I think Dubas wouldn't have traded Marner. So if you're going to bring in Doug Armstrong, he's going to be like, I don't give a shit about Mitch Marner. Sure, fuck it. Trade him. Yeah. Then good. Then okay. I'm in. But what, about yeah, for, think, what about Marner for JT Miller? <laughs> uh, they won't do that. They're not that stupid. Uh, uh, depends. I don't know. They're looking depends for some more who, bite. Depends who the stupid uh, GM you hire is, right? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm talking about Doug Armstrong. I don't think Doug, oh, yeah, Armstrong, Doug Armstrong is yeah, 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 Marner. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I would trade uh, Mitch. I would trade Mitch Marner for Travis Konechny straight up. Really interesting. I think just so. to save I think the I money. Would. Yeah, you, get a little you get, younger. You get, yeah, you get six million on the cap. I think Konechny's older than Marner, but yeah, he's he like Horvat's age. I think. Yeah, yeah. he's like really? a year older. He's a year older than Mitch. I think. <laughs> yeah, but 
yeah, you save, I think, six million on the cap or five million. And then Konechny is just like the type of player that they need, I think. Like Mitch Mitch disappears in the playoffs every year. I'm turning into one of these like wow. GM, GMs yeah. with bite. I think, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I think they could get more than just Konechny yeah. from Philadelphia. But like that, that to me, that's like the type of player that I would be targeting if I was Toronto. Right. Because um, you um, can't trade Tavares. So, you, and I would never trade Nylander. So. Yeah, I think Nylander is probably the one that's most likely to move, uh, which is silly because he's the cheapest and seems to perform well in the playoffs. Though, like, how much of that do you think is the like Phil Kessel on the third line effect, where the other teams are matching up against Marner and Matthews? Oh, it's definitely that's definitely part of it for sure. But um, I just think I think Willie's better suited for Toronto. Like, I genuinely yeah. think over the last few years, like Mitch always says, "I love being a Leaf. It's a privilege." Blah blah blah. But I kind of think like I kind of think if they traded Mitch six months from now, we'd get a big tell all article where Mitch is like, yeah, the, it really got to me playing in Toronto. And like I, I can play free now that I play for Anaheim the Vancouver whatever. Canucks. Yeah, yeah, the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> like that would be the only place he could go where it might be worse. Marner <laughs> with Pedersen would be so much fun, though. Oh, my. God. Yeah, but I, I, I'm hoping that the Canucks are in on whatever big shakeup deal Toronto does, because I think it would be impossible for the Canucks to lose that trade. Well, I just don't well, maybe think not that, impossible, who do the, but like who do the Canucks have that would that they exactly get? Yes, the, that is it, the would, it would mean that the Leafs are doing something really stupid. <laughs> yes. Or the Canucks are like, here's JT Miller and a first round pick this year for Mitch Marner. You're like, ah, oh, man, that first round pick could be kind of high, maybe. But we got Mitch Marner now. So fuck it. Let's go swing for the fences. I, I do think we're going to see we, we discussed this on the bonus episode. And, and John, I'm interested to see what you think. But obviously, the NHL is like a big copycat league. Uh-huh. And like given Florida's success, making a huge swing for the fences deal. Like I'm hoping we see a lot more of those. Uh, Why not? It, like, it would be great. 14 I, I, of those deals happen in basketball every exact, year. That's ex- and that's the exact <laughs> comparison we made is like, let's mm-hmm. make it more like the NBA. Let's make like big, stupid trades. Like, once every two weeks. Like, why not? You know? Kevin Durant's one of the best players in NBA history, and he's played for, what, five different teams yeah, already? He gets like, traded, like, every season. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Great. It fucking yeah. rules. And, like, Connor McDavid <laughs> might play his entire career in Edmonton. Oh. And they're like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I think he might leave. I think he might leave for Toronto, actually. But really? we'll see. We'll see. Wow. I think that's what you got. I think that's what you got to pray for. If you're Toronto, like if this all goes sideways and like Austin doesn't resign and you have this weird year where Austin's not resigned and you trade Mitch or whatever, I think you got to hope that you sort of tank and pick up a couple decent guys and then you get McDavid in three years and then, and then you do it all over again. Dry eligible to resign next summer. Yeah, he's got two. And he's got like a super, super friendly contract right now for how much he produces, right? Yeah. So I'm interested to see what Dreisaitl does first. Like, especially if they lose again, right? I think that's what we kind of have to pray for is like another disappointing playoff exit for Edmonton next year. And then Dreisaitl's like, you know what? I'm going to walk to UFA. And then uh, McDavid does the same thing. Oh, God. Oh. Ooh, ooh, that'd be fun. Because, like, I, why would you want to stay in Edmonton? 
I, if you're I not do, winning, I don't know. If you're not winning, there's no reason to stay in Edmonton. Yeah. Like just, just no reason to stay in Edmonton. And, at and all. speaking of teams that have a lot of money committed and not like a lot of movement, like they basically have to run it back with the exact same team. That Darnell Nurse deal is trail. so bad. Yeah, and oh. probably trade Yamamoto just to like get under the cap. Yeah, and bring back like if they want to bring back like Ryan. Well, I guess Ryan McLeod's uh, RFA, but uh, Derek Ryan or something. Like I love that. it. Gonna... I, I I love how I love how much they fucked everything up. They don't have the goal. Oh, and that Zach like... Hyman deal. That's gonna look real bad soon. Yeah, we're I mean, already getting to like that point. Good this year, but oh yeah, yeah. But he's like thirty um, now. I guess the other thing and, is, I forget if we talked oh, about this on the shit. bonus episode. It may have just come out afterwards, but it sounds like the cap might be going up like $4 million, right? Like Maybe. Yeah. Like Sir, we talked about it about. on the bonus episode, Yeah, but that hasn't really been printed everywhere. There hasn't been any tweets about it, you know? Right. So like this I, I, year? Yeah. Potentially, was, yeah. No. He was on like the Flames Nation podcast or something and said that he thought it was likely that it'd go up three or $4 million because of some... Uh, it wasn't an escrow thing, but I, where did I hear this? I feel Anyways, like everybody's been saying it's a million. Yeah. Yeah. If this were to happen, it would be like apparently in a very NHL fashion where it happens like two days before free agency. They're like, surprise, <laughs> we worked out a deal, but, uh, whoever it was that I heard talking about it, like after the fact said that it's like probably not super likely to happen because it would affect escrow for players, which they hate. Right. So, and it's like, would be the first thing that Marty Walsh does as NHL PA head. So he'd have to really convince them in a short amount of time or something. God, that would be so nice though. I mean, I, we talked about, I think we, I remember we did talk about in the last episode, but basically like giving the Canucks sort of a get out of jail free card would be kind of a kind of stupid as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I like it's, I mean, I just got off saying I'm never going to cheer for them to lose again, or I don't want to cheer for them to lose ever again, but I am cheering for the cap not to go up. So they have to like sleep in the bed they made, you know? Yeah. Right <laughs> like, you, you I mean, to, even if it goes up 4 million, that doesn't really rescue them. It helps them with their, well, I guess it helps them with their winger situation and that their wingers should theoretically be easier to trade. Yeah, I uh, guess you'd maybe get Besser. You'd me. It'd be more likely you'd get a Besser deal done, maybe. Yeah, or yeah. or Garland. You wouldn't have to like pay to right. get rid of those guys, basically. So like, if that happens, that that is like very good news for the Canucks. I still think you'd have to pay to get rid of either of those guys. I I don't know the Garland uh, one, or does, you're just getting nothing back. Like yeah, you're just like yeah. Pacioretty, right? Where you're just like you're just giving them to it. Yeah, team. the Garland one is just crazy to me because like he is like a good player, you know, mm-hmm. like but I they've just painted themselves into a corner and they're going to have to like, that is just, uh, we've talked about this so many times before the OEL deal is way worse than the Cam Neely deal. Like it's not even close at this point, in my opinion, it's, it's just not even close. I, I really don't think it's close in terms of like the cascading effects, like after the fact, like it, it's just completely ruined an entire like era of the Canucks. Basically it is a, it's a really huge bummer that you're talking about paying to get rid of the premium piece that came back in that deal. That was like, well, I yeah. it the first round pick, but at least we got, yeah, 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 that's <laughs> true. It's also Christ. like, you want to talk about tanking, like that could have been the year the Canucks did it right. Like yeah. EP ended up, did end up having a down year that year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Quinn was still not, I mean, he's good, but he's, you know, Quinn's also 
offensively more he's more so offensively inclined I know he is also a a decent defender but he's not a guy that's like gonna prevent your tank right like Mm so uh so yeah that would have been the year like if you keep Roussel and Beagle and um who he was the other guy uh Louis Erickson the Erickson of course yeah (laughs) um yeah, I knew you guys couldn't forget. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like if you keep all those guys who all suck and they're on big contracts, you surround Pedersen with literal garbage. Uh, you know, that was maybe the year they had the chance where they could have just sort of slid for a year, almost yeah. like the Raptors did. I mean, they ended yeah, up sliding in this year yeah. with Scotty Barnes, right? Where you kind of have, mm-hmm. oh, we're playing in Tampa. The team kind of sucks. Let's just lean into sucking and you know, we'll, we'll dip in, get a good pick, and then off we go. They had you, the chance to do that in that year, I think, if they don't make that deal. On top yeah. of the fact that OEL sucks, and you maybe have to pay to get rid of Garland, and you don't get Dylan Gunther. Do, oh. do you remember, um, at the time, a lot of the justification for that trade was that it cleared up a little bit of cap space for that year? And it would allow them to, because at the time, like Pedersen and Hughes were both RFAs. Yeah, and, and there was remind worry me, what's that Pedersen's contract get, situation right now? Yeah, <laughs> um, there was a worry that they'd get offer sheeted if the Canucks didn't make yeah. cap room, which is crazy because no one ever offer sheets anybody because it's the NHL. So if it was like an actual avenue that teams went through, yeah. uh, besides like Carolina and Montreal getting into a pissing match, like then maybe that would be an actual fear. But it like, especially in hindsight, it seems like such an absurd reason to pull the trigger on that trade. I think it's more that like they had the bubble playoffs where they did well and then absolutely ate shit in the North division year. Yeah. And once again, Aquilini always wants to make the playoffs. It's like, how can we get better right quick here? And then Benny was trying to save his job by swinging for the fences, which uh, this is going to, this is going to sound bad, but I, I do look up, Luigi Aquilini's age like once a month (laughs) (laughs) just to check, you know, like, I mean, I, I, he's like, he's like 93 or something right now. Like the problem is, do do you think that like, if he dies, that Franny all of a sudden is going to flip a switch and be like, okay, we don't have to make the playoffs anymore. I don't think necessarily. I think there's a chance that it'll like bum him out enough that he just like sells the team and is like, I'm done with the Canucks now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or or steps back and lets like one of the other because he's not trying to impress his dad anymore. So maybe he steps back and lets one of his somewhat more intelligent brothers take over. Um, but I, I mean, the thing that's God. weird to me about him is like, you know, now that you're seeing that an NHL team in a bad market could sell for a billion yeah. or whatever yeah. Ottawa is going to go for. Yeah. You know, Aquilini's shown nothing other than he's a complete shyster. Yeah. How would he not think like, okay, maybe now's the time. If, if the Canucks are worth a billion, like, holy hell, especially too, be worth like, more than a billion because of the, like yeah. the, the arena, de- like assuming he sells like the arena rights as well or whatever. Yes. Like the, which I don't think he do. I don't think he right? would, like, but. Yeah. Well, but you got to think that he would want to get out from under the arena too. Like they're 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 in the next decade they're going to have to be talking about a new arena. They will, yeah. And where are they going to put it? Yeah. I mean, the, Vancouver's no, a disaster. There's, there's nowhere, nowhere to put it. There's nowhere to put it. You'd you'd maybe have to tear down the PNE forum. That's what that's, that's what I was going to say. I think basically your best option is is the PNE. Yeah, and tear it tear down what's there and build yeah. a new thing. That's and, probably but the then only you'd have land. to like build like transit out there probably too and like. 
Oh like yeah, it's I, a I don't know. There's lots. It, it really. So if you're is Aquilini, fucked. it's a good time. It's a yeah. good time to get out because the arena is still good enough right yeah. now, but it's not going to be soon, and you don't want to be on the hook for finding funding and all that shit. So yeah, yeah to me, that might be m- what's more working in your favor than uh, Luigi potentially. And, and, uh, and Franny, if you're listening, you can still cheer for the team <laughs> if you don't own them. That's what I've done my whole life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't own them at all, and and yeah. I've cheered for them for most of my life. They own so. me, if anything. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, but God. this is okay. So we're pretty much the consensus is that the Leafs are going to try and get stupider since they got eliminated from the playoffs, right? Like they, yeah. they had their smart GM and now it's going to be like yeah. one with teeth or whatever. Well, I, I tweeted out uh, during the playoffs when, when the Leafs won in the first round, I was like, I'm, I'm getting some 2011 vibes from the Leafs. And, and I've said this many times before. Like, I think they're the type of team that once they got over that hurdle, they would maybe go on a big run. Obviously that didn't happen this year, but I think what I really meant by that was that they're going to hi- uh, fire their progressive forward thinking GM and then hire the stupidest guy in the world. <laughs> and it might be the same guy. It, yeah. I mean, it could be the I, same guy. I, I think you're right, John, that it like won't be bending, but just the fact, like mm. I, I don't miss this at all. Like when, when Benning got fired, obviously it was great. It'll be Shirelli. But, oh God. But when Benning did get fired, <laughs> the names that kept popping up were so terrifying. And I don't, oh. I don't miss that at all. The, the thought of like, oh, they might just hire a guy that I know for a fact is going to ruin the next five years of hockey for me. Well, right? and isn't that like, to me, I, I feel like I, I figured we'd talk about this today on the show and I, I was thinking about it and it's just like, to me, the biggest thing is this is just such an indictment of hockey. Yes. Like that, <laughs> that the only, because when you look at it, Dubas was actually a poor GM. Like, I don't like he wasn't actually, but like when you actually, if you look at the results, if you look at the results, but also he made a lot of mistakes. Like, you know, he, you know, the Felino trade was a disaster. The Patrick Marlowe trade was a disaster. Uh, Look how good Seth Jarvis is looking good. Yeah. Mrazek was bad. The contracts for Janssen and Kapanen were bad. I mean, he was able to get out from underneath those. He paid Marner $2 million too much. He let Nylander go all the way to the deadline over $500,000. He probably signed Matthews for a little too much at the time. I mean, Matthews is one of the best players in the world, so who cares? But like Matt Murray, Matt Murray is a total. How how he allowed Dorian to only retain 25. How many years left on that? Just one. One. Okay. Um, yeah. they're, they're, he's gone. If they can trade him, great. If right. they buy him out, it's like six hundred thousand this year and two million next year. Right. So and their cap situation is not that bad. Yeah. They have twenty five million on the cap. Yeah. If they get rid of Murray, they they have twenty million without getting rid of Murray. That's twenty five million if they get rid it's of. It's so crazy to have a good team and also have cap space. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and, 10, and like ten UFAs to, to disassemble, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the players that's that are making it. a lot of money uh, are really good. Yeah, like if they well, actually want to do a rebuild, which I don't think they should do, but or, or like if they do a retool, either way, they have the pieces to do that properly. Right? Oh, they could do it. That's what they'll do this off season. I yeah. mean, that's that's why. Like, that's the thing about term and stuff too. Like Kerfoot is a bad example because he had four years on the contract, but like Kerfoot was making three point five million, so it's like he expires. You go, okay, well, see ya. Bunting had his good two years. Now yeah. he's going to get four million dollars from someone. So you say, okay, from see Chicago. Ya. Yeah, or whoever. I mean, you if know. he signs with Chicago, that's like the perfect place for him to sign. It'd be great for my fantasy team. It'd be but great yeah, for like, mine too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, that's the thing is it, it just overall, like it's such an indictment of hockey that Dubis, yeah, he won one playoff round in seven years as GM. He made a bunch of moves that 
are tough to defend. Yeah. But the reason every Leafs fan is so mad is because we're all in unison. Like we are going to hire a, someone who's bad at their job. Yeah. And like, what is it? How is that a thing? Like, it doesn't, you know, like, uh, I think the Phoenix Suns are kind of, uh, you know, Phoenix Suns fans are a little mad because they fired Monty Williams, who was the coach and took them to the conference finals last year. And he's made it past the first round every year he's been coach, yeah. I think. But it's like, they'll probably replace him with Nick Nurse, who won an NBA title, or Mike Budenholzer, who won an NBA title yeah. last year. Like, so you go, ah, oh, it sucks. I liked Monty Williams, but at least we're going to get a good coach. Whereas every Leafs fan is like, we're firing this guy who maybe isn't that good, but he's definitely better than nine out of the 10 people yeah. that are rumored for this job. It's, just it's, like, it's the Gillis thing all over again. Like it is 100% the Gillis thing all over again. And Gillis had like playoff success too. And like, yeah. and Gillis yeah. made some, some bad, moves too and wasn't great at, at drafting or you know whatever but like it's just like the you're going to you're going to hire someone worse you the nhl like you totally. never you never go you never see and maybe i'm wrong and i don't remember all the examples here obviously but you you basically never see a team fire like a smart forward-thinking progressive not old boys club gm and then hire someone similar to that they always go the opposite direction Right. Yeah. They're going to, um, they're going to hire an old boys guy. Which is gonna, just the only sport where that happens. It's so fucking stupid. May, maybe, maybe Carolina wins the cup and they they give Eric Tulski a chance, which would be like your, this well, it sounds be the like, it sounds like hope Pittsburgh if you're a Leafs fan, right? It sounds like My Pittsburgh dream. is going to uh, hire someone smart because their ownership group is so yeah, they're going to hire Dubis. Right? They're going to hire Dubis. But yeah. I think to me, yes. So that's the thing is like I'm I'm in this big panic. God, the Leafs are making a huge mistake. This is a disaster. But Carolina could get swept in yeah. three days from the time we're recording this, yeah. and then the Leafs hire Tulski two days later, and, then you're, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's Yay. like arguably better than Dubis, maybe. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe. I'd say yeah, it's better. yeah. 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 Like, and so then you go, then you, but the problem is too, is I think what the big issue here looming over everything is Shanahan, right? And yeah. it's similar with, he's Aquilini an old school guy, Vancouver. right? Like, and you know, there's starting to be reports that are leaking out now that Dubis wanted to do things and Shanahan blocked them. And there was stuff that Shanahan wanted to do that Dubis didn't want to do. And Shanahan forced him to do it. So it's like, is it a case where, yeah, we hire Tulski and on paper, Caroline has been better and he might be better. But then, like Shanahan says, no, you can't go full computer boys or whatever. Yeah, um, that's that's my my main concern is is sort of we go through all this drama. It's clear that it was sort of a dick measuring contest at the end, and Shanahan was like, "Well, I'm holding the ruler, so it doesn't matter how long you think your <laughs> yeah. dick is." Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna measure from where my asshole ends. Yeah. <laughs> it's the rules. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like, like. Aquilini hired Mike Gillis, who was like a smart forward thinking GM. So Aquilini was capable of hiring smart people. And then obviously he went like completely insane by the end of it and is like, I, I kind of want to control everything. I'm going to hire Kevin from the office and make all the decisions. And like, I don't think Shanahan's necessarily at that level yet. And no, like, he's not. I no, think he's obviously a like, smarter guy than Aquilini. Like, but yeah, it's, it's not good. I like, I think of every name that I've heard come up if I was to like place money on one and maybe there's just because it's been reported the most, but Brad Treliving yeah. seems to to make a lot of sense as like someone that would agree with the way that like Shanahan thinks and then has like the the experience and pedigree as like a older hockey guy where 
he can like still make his own decisions. And then obviously like copycat league stuff that we said before, right? It's like, well, he made a big trade last summer. Don't ask how it worked out for the flames. Yeah. But if, if, yeah, you, he, if you can hire capable. the guy, yeah, can if you can hire the, the guy phone. who got rid of Kachuk and brought in Jonathan Huberdo, I mean, I think you want, you want to make that signing <laughs> well, like 10 times. The, out of the 10. thing is that is funny though, is like, that is how they describe it is, is exactly like what you said, Aaron, they ignore the result of the trade. Yeah. <laughs> it, all they talk about is like, well, you got to hire someone who's got the big cojones to get on the phone Everyone and make loved the call. And it's deal. like, I can pick up the fucking yeah. phone. <laughs> Anybody can pick up the phone and make a call. It's not, they don't need, it's not like Tulski's going to get there and be like, oh, I don't know. And I don't think I can trade Mitch Marner. I'm too scared. <laughs> like... <laughs> It but everyone, no like, everyone loved that trade for Calgary at the time. Like myself, and I liked the trade for both teams at the time when it yeah. happened. Um, and I'm obviously, sure like, Huberto bounces back next I, year. For I think sure. he will. He's not playing under Daryl Sutter anymore. Sutter, right? yeah. But like, yeah, it's just uh, for living is probably that's the thing is like you. Uh, all the things you can say about Brad for living. There's only one GM on earth. Whose dad owns Boston pizza. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, he's got that going for him right away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I think like he's definitely the best option probably of the old school hockey men. Yeah. Uh, but still not great like that. I'm not going to get really excited. I mean, I think if they can, if they can fire Sheldon Keefe and bring in a better coach and they have Brad for living, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be too You're upset, be as but worried, if it, yeah, yeah, but if it ends up being like they hire Benning and they keep Keefe, then Oof. then start uh, start getting start call the oh. copter and start you, searching got, the rooftops you've got for president me. of hockey ops Mark Bergevin and GM Jim Benning. Let's God. go. I mean, that would be uh, you know I love you, John, and I, I have a lot of Leafs fan uh, Leafs fan friends, and I don't particularly hate the Leafs like Canucks fans do, but. God, that would be the funniest thing in the world. I, I just, I do want to see Jim Benning back in the league in, in, in some extent for another team, obviously. Um, but I think the other thing that's funny, and, and I think we discussed this in our, in our fantasy hockey slack a little bit, is that like the Leafs are a good team and Benning could easily come in and like win a couple playoff rounds, you know? Easily, yeah. easily. He could come in and kind of do nothing, like sort of, because they, they need basically a new bottom six. But even then, so you, you come in, uh, you re-sign David Camp to a team-friendly deal. You re-sign Noel Achari to a team-friendly deal. Nick Robertson, you hope, makes your bottom six. Matthew Nyes, you hope, makes your bottom six. You're basically done. Yeah. You re-sign Luke Shen, maybe. So it's like you could essentially run it back. And yeah, the Le- and then maybe you hire a new coach. Maybe you don't even. But you're right. The Leafs could easily run it back with close to the same team and win the cup. And yeah. people will be like, Benning is a genius. Which would be yeah. also the funniest thing to ever happen. <laughs> All and you do like- is you have to trade William Nylander and Timothy Lilgren to Vancouver for JT Miller, <laughs> sending Matt Murray and the Canucks and Leafs fourth round picks in the 2023 draft. But that could like legitimately win them the Sportsnet. cup. Like the NHL is so stupid. Hockey is so stupid. There, there was, I think it was editor and Leafs had that post, which oh like, God. I look, I, I get what he, I get what they're going for with the post, right? Where they're talking about like how wins don't really, it's not like a proper like measure of how good a team is. I, I understand what they're saying. I think they're talking specifically about playoffs because like wins in the regular season to me, and I'm, obviously I'm speaking as a Canucks fan. Yeah. But I think that is a, a measure of like overall, it, like you look at like soccer, right? With soccer, the championship winner is the team that won the season, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the best team throughout the season. Because that is like hard to do throughout the season. The playoffs are so fucking random. 
that yeah, I especially could see, in hockey. Oh, yeah. hockey for sure. I could see Jim Benning going to the Maple Leafs, trading for JT Miller, and the Leafs winning the Cup next year. Like that, one hundred percent could happen. For and, sure, it could you you could trade Nylander and Lilligren exactly like you said? We'd be all furious. But then their second line is JT Miller, Tavares, and Marner. Uh, and then their first line is Matthews, Nyes, and you bought you you've traded Nylander, so you buy someone or trade for someone to play right wing. That's a f- great top six. It's absolute. And Lilligren was not a factor in the playoffs. I think he's going to be a good defenseman, but yeah. it might take him another year or two. So you're not really losing anything on the back end. You could potentially replace Nylander with a, as good of a player because you have twenty million dollars in cap space. And then, yeah, you run out that top six and the Leafs are better next year somehow. And yeah. you go, OK, great. But it's to- the problem it's total is yeah. they have to win like <laughs> in the next two years if they trade for JT Miller because yes. he's going to be real bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to have a kind of expensive power play specialist. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we already have one of those. His name is John Tavares. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, so, okay, I, I know obviously he was never an option for the Leafs because he was a former Leafs GM, but he was an option for Calgary, apparently, but Dave Nones. Yes. As, as a Leafs fan, you obviously have strong feelings towards him, but I, I was talking about this with Aaron before you got on the call, John. As a Canucks fan, I don't really hate him. Like, he was pretty bad at drafting, although he managed to pull Alex Edler out of his ass, but, mm-hmm. like, he made the Luongo trade, like he made some good trades and he didn't make the insane Brad Richards trade that Aquilini was pressuring him to, to, to do. So like Dave Nonis from a Canucks fan standpoint, not like great memories, but he wasn't horrible, but with I, the Leafs, he was just like awful. Right. And Anaheim I, too. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled up his transaction history with Vancouver and like everything he did was fine. There's like, Okay, he traded, he traded uh, Joe Rulier for Colby Genoway. And, uh, <laughs> what? Well, like, I know, yeah, yeah. He, he, they, they got Matt Pettinger back for Matt Cook. Uh, oh, I remember but, like, that the, the yeah. big deals were, well, he twice, well, okay. He traded a second round pick, which ended up being Wayne Simmons for Brent Sopel when they reacquired Brent Sopel. Sure. And then the next year, he traded Brent Sobel for a second round pick, just kind of evened out. Okay. Um, you never want to tra- hear the phrase reacquired Brent Sobel. <laughs> <laughs> he got rid of Dan Cloutier, got a second round pick back. Uh, Canucks legend Taylor Ellington. Yeah. Um, oh, God. The Taylor. Man. <laughs> okay. <and then laughs> moving on. Then he, he acquired Roberto Luongo, which is like the best trade he's ever done. For basically um, nothing. <laughs> there is like. The, you know, acquiring Keith Carney and Mika Noronen at the trade deadline in 2006. That was, that's so whatever. funny looking back at that, like in high school, like refreshing HF boards and Canucks.com and listening to like the Team 1040 sports updates every 20 mm-hmm. minutes. And like that was Wasn't a crazy CKNW day. back then. It, oh, I think it was. Yeah, it would have been the it would have been CKNW. But uh, that was like a crazy deadline for the Canucks where it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, Mika Noronen, yeah. Sean Brown, Keith Carney and... Was there one more guy that day? Yuha Allen also came over for Brent Skinner Yuha. in the second oh, uh, in the Keith Carney trade. Yeah. Oh, the thing, the thing uh, with Nonis. Sorry, you guys keep going. No, no, no. Well, no. Was, there was one more also, deal that day. Yeah, they right? traded. Oh, Eric Steve Weinrich, McCarthy. Right? Yeah, That's and they got Eric here for whatever too. reason. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. go ahead. Enough about the. Well, Eric I was just going to say, like with with Nonis, it's not even that he was so bad. It's just like he never did anything. To improve the team, really. Like, if you look at his move history, so he was the GM for two years, and it's like every trade is just like nothing for nothing. Like, he did it, he made no impact. So it's like, 
The first trade he made was Matthew Lombardi to the Coyotes for f- a fourth round pick. And okay. then uh, then it's like the next trade was Mike Brown to Edmonton for a fourth round pick. And then it was like Kevin Marshall for Nicholas Deschamps and David Steckel for Ryan Lash. Ooh, David Steckel. Wow. Yeah, there's they a traded. They traded Steckel to Anaheim for Ryan Lash <laughs> and a seventh round pick, which ended up being Andre Kasha. But the Leafs didn't ha- didn't get him. And then because uh, I think they ended up trading that pick. But yeah, the only like big deals he made was he got Jonathan Bernier from the Kings for Ben Scrivens, Matt Fratton and a second round pick. And oh, he got those are uh, some names, man. We're remembering some guys right now. We're remembering some guys. And then he traded a second and two fourths to Chicago for Dave Boland. Oh, um, and those yeah. were kind of his like, and he traded John Michael Lyles to Carolina for Tim Gleason. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. Like he didn't. So yeah, it's like two years and you look at all these deals yeah. and none of them are anything. They're all just like, bad guy for bad guy or that was the critique with the Canucks outside of the Luongo deal Mm. was that Nonis would sit back and do nothing like that was yeah which was just good with like respect to trading Kessler and Schneider it was was like Kessler Schneider and Edler for Brad Richards was the was the reported deal which like okay 2011 is not happening yeah Um, that's insane John did you hear Nonis talk about almost acquiring Luongo in In Toronto? Toronto I think he, so. Yeah. Uh, he was on uh Canucks talk like a month or two back and they asked him about it. It was around the trade deadline. He he's a and, really good interview, is the thing. Yeah, like, no, he's a great interview. But he uh he basically said like he was like about to make the trade and then he decided that he had to take a walk around the block just to like <laughs> calm his mind and like really consider it. And then on his walk he was like He's too old and signed for too long. It's not going to age well. Like not knowing that Luongo is going to put up like, what do you do when he's 38, like a nine eighteen or something still? He's like, still pretty good. He, yeah. he aged super, super well, but it was against like what you'd expect would happen. And he came back and was like, no, nope, just doesn't make enough sense long term. I can't do it. And then they did. What, was he, what was he dealing for? Luongo? What was the what was he giving up? Ooh, that I'm not sure about. Luongo. Was it, what was the rumor back in that? It was like that like was a, when like people thought that um, that that was the my contract sucks. Yes, press conference right? yeah. was like around that yeah. time. No, I knew there was there was a lot of smoke about Luongo going to Toronto at that time. I'm trying to remember um, which prospects it would have been. It would have been like a, a second round pick and like, God, the I Leafs, mean, the Leafs just didn't have any good I'm, players. Yeah. I don't know like, who it would have been. Like even some of these picks that you look at, like known as dealing, like he traded Jerry Domingo. Uh, like I remember oh. when we thought he was going to be something. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Burke said the asking price of then Vancouver Canucks GM Mike Gillis was too steep, even though Luongo was only two years removed from taking the cost to game seven. Um, the asking price for Luongo, according to Burke, was Jake Gardner, Nazem Kadri, and two first-round picks. Jesus, uh, that would have been a That's... King's ransom in 2013. Gardner was only 23 at the time. Kadri, 22. The two first-round picks turned into um, Frederick Gauthier and William Nylander. Fuck, that would have been incredible. Yeah, that's that's simply uh, yeah, a no. That's that, simply uh, a no from me. Probably good that they decided not to do that from a <laughs> Leafs perspective, eh? Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good. Uh, it's like the rumored Sundin trade or whatever, where they're going to trade Sundin to the, to the Habs. And then, uh, there, it was like an absurd package. Uh, and I, I can't remember, I'm trying to find it right now, but it's like a similar thing where it was like, 
oh my God, if the Leafs ever did that, it would have been incredible. And then Sundin wouldn't waive his no trade clause. Oh yeah. God. And then signs with Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, good was, times. It was tough. Oh yeah. boy. Um, Once, so was, who, who, John, who is your like realistic, uh, you know, if you, if you could have, if you could have anyone as GM of the, of the Maple Leafs, who would it be? And then who is your realistic choice? <laughs> I think I think of the names. It's got to be Tulski, right? I think I would yeah. also be down for Matthew Darsh uh, yeah. from the Lightning. He he's was rumored there. to be the uh, the Canucks GM for a little bit there as well. Yeah, so, so he's like I think he's been there since 2014. Seems yeah. like a pretty you know talented guy. Obviously, Tampa's just been doing amazing things for so long. So you'd feel like. Sure, we'll take a piece of whatever magic they've got going on. Um, so yeah, I think either of those two guys are, are maybe in that sort of potential smart GM realm. I would take Mike Gillis too, honestly. Oh, it seems yeah. like he's Great. seems like he's never going to get another GM job. But you know, you want to talk about that? There's a big contract negotiations coming up. There's big trades that maybe need to be made. Uh, you know, he seems like the right guy to do it. What about Gilman? Um, Is there a chance they'll promote? Yeah, him? The, apparently they're talking like. The some of the Leafs guys I, I follow and trust are kind of saying that like there's potential that the whole front office of the Leafs is getting cleaned out aside from maybe Brandon Pritam. That's so that's crazy. It seems Gilman yeah. hasn't been as much of a figure right with the Leafs. Like he was like have, a, he was a full on genius with the Canucks. Like it was fucking yeah, incredible. So he was like right up there, right beside Dubis at first, and then it's he hasn't really been like it's been. They have this guy, Ryan Hardy, who kind of like built the Chicago steel into the USHL's like premier franchise. Right. And then they had, um, well, Spezza was like a special advisor to Dubis. Then they had Haley Wickenheiser was an assistant GM, yeah. but she was mostly focused on player development. And then they had, um, oh, and Daryl Metcalf. Um, okay. And so basically like, and then Pridham. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's people who are like, oh, they might promote Pridham, but then everything Shanahan is saying seems like they're not going to do that. So As he's, um, isn't the word that they don't want a first time GM. So does that rule yes. out like a Tulski? Oh, I think so. I'm just talking about. Who yeah, I, want. Yeah. I, I really think it's going to be Treliving. It just see, even yeah. before Dubis was fired, like the Leafs guys that I, that I follow and trust were kind of saying like, look for true living here. And the Doug Armstrong thing honestly seems to me, because this is the thing when you cheer for the Leafs, it's true of the Canucks too, but not as much as the Leafs where both the Leafs and people who want to work for the Leafs are constantly throwing up smoke signals. And so to me, this seems like the Leafs telling Friedman and whoever Hey, just mention Doug Armstrong. Just say like, oh yeah, he might have an out clause in his contract. Just throw it out there so he knows that we know yeah. that he knows, you know, kind of thing. So like, <laughs> to me, I, like that just seems like a bit of the Leafs kind of throwing it out there to see if Armstrong would maybe leave the blues for the Leafs. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think I would like a smart GM. We're going to hire maybe a not smart GM, but Brad, Brad Treliving might be the best of the non smart GMs in theory. That's fair. Yeah. I, so either you guys watching, I, cause it came on after the hockey, a game, whatever day it was Friday, right? Yeah. So on Friday yeah. I was watching Sportsnet after the like game had ended and the coverage had ended and that went straight to um, the Maple Leafs coverage and that was fucking insane to watch. They were covering it like it was 9-11 that Kyle Dubas got <laughs> oh, fired. <yeah. laughs> it was fucking somber tones. There was 
Sean McKenzie in like an empty arena talking like really sad and like hushed voices. It was it was crazy the drama, like uh, like the height at which it was covered. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't wait for Steve Ranazizi to talk about uh, how he was personally involved in the firing of Kyle Dubas, but um, <laughs> that's a very niche joke for not that many people. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like you're right. It, it's 100 um, percent. That is how it is uh, all the time with the Leafs and like every Leafs thing I know did like an emergency. It was like Friday afternoon and of a long weekend and every mm-hmm. Leafs podcast news outlet, whatever was doing emergency pods, this, that, whatever. I think part of it though, too, Aaron is it seems to me anyway, that Kyle was genuinely very well liked yeah. is that uh, it? Like by like by the media, by people in the organization that he's just like, it seems like he's just a good guy. And so I think that that is also part of it. It's like, it's the same thing the media do when someone gets fired and they act or gets laid off. Oh, we lost. It's like they died in the war or something. <laughs> oh, they're, they were an amazing marksman. And how, how could the, how we, I can't believe they died at, you know, half See that, that, that's what I found so weird is like, there was like a really large chance that Dubas was just not going to resign anyways. Like that was like kind of the news earlier in the week that was, he was going to talk to his family and then yeah. obviously Shanahan decided, no, I'm making the the decision. Um, oh wow, Vegas wins. Uh, oh, but uh, yeah, I was like, this isn't really a surprise. It seemed like a pretty fifty fifty type of thing. Yeah, and like, I well, mean, it seemed I to fall when, apart really quickly too, right? Yeah, like, well, J T. Miller when he was resigned, that was like same thing on a Friday afternoon. I don't know if it was a long weekend, but you know, every Canucks podcast did an emergency pod talking about that. So like. I'm not surprised at that sort of thing, but I was thinking back to when like Jim Benning got fired. It wasn't like everyone on the news was sad about it. (laughs) It was just like reporting the news, you know, it was, I would say it to me, it felt like, um, like armistice day almost like it felt (laughs) like, like, I mean, John knows this. I, I literally like ran down to the liquor store to get a bottle of champagne. I was so excited. I, I think that I think obviously given everything that's come after it, it's not great, but the, the night that the Canucks fired Jim Benning, I, that's like a top five moment in team history for me. So this is something that I wanted to bring up, but it kind of ties into all the, uh, the leaf stuff is, so this is the last year of Rutherford's contract, right? And he's like, what? 80. He's He's old. old. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, a part of it was like he wanted the challenge and Canadian market, blah, blah, blah. And he's not someone that's easily going to quit. because I don't blah, think he blah, wants blah, that blah, challenge blah, blah, anymore, blah, blah. by the way. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if the Canucks do have another disappointing no playoff season, you spend like three years with Rutherford and Alvin. Are they on the hot seat to get fired? And if so, let's assume they are. Would the Canucks, does that mean they'd go stupider with management? Or would that be a, we need to bring in a forward thinking progressive God. guy? I don't even want to think about it, but you're right. Like, it, like, like it is, it is going to be, so, uh, you know, we're what a year and a half away from, it would be like what 2024 would be three years since Benning got fired. Right. Like December yeah, 2024. Yeah, like so we're a little ways out season. obviously, but I, God, I don't know. They're just so unpredictable. Right. Because like I said before, Aquilini hired Mike Gillis. Yeah. who was like an out-of-left-field hire, very forward-thinking, former player agent, no experience as a GM. So he's shown that he's capable of making progressive hires, right? It's just that 
pretty much everything it's, since then has been very stupid. It's right? just so weird because like Gillis had he missed the playoffs once and got fired, and then Benning misses what was it seven out of eight years? Oh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, or I guess six out of eight if you're counting the the bubble. Like he Which made it his first season and then yeah, whatever. So he had like a super long leash. Yeah, and it's like if if uh, Rutherford and Alvin miss three years that they're behind the wheel two and a half like how much are you going to do coming in mid-season like yeah are they how much how much wiggle room are they going to have and like i it's kind of like a devil you know versus the devil you don't it's like i'm okay with like mid-management for now (laughs) isn't like wasn't alvin kind of supposed to be a progressive guy i know he he hasn't been thus far in he was supposed, I mean, more so than Benning, I think the issue yeah. was more that it was like the combination of Rutherford and him just right. like running back all the shit from Pittsburgh. Yeah, which um, the Canucks just hired the Pittsburgh strength and conditioning guy. We got another guy in house now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Saw that nice. earlier in the week. One little, uh, another Canucks tidbit, which is kind of completely off topic, but I wanted to get it in. Uh, Stefan, do you follow Kuzmenko on Instagram? I do. He's he's in uh, or he was in uh, Dubai, right? Yeah, he's he's been Mister Worldwide. So so far this off season, <laughs> from places that he's tagged in his Instagram story, he started off in Venezuela, then went to Dubai, then he went to Singapore, and yeah. most recently he's in Bali. So he's kind of done an entire lap of the world. That rocks. Yeah, like he was somewhere before Venezuela as well, but I like forgot to make a mental note of it. But we got to get him in the gym. And I mean, I know they have gyms in Venezuela and Dubai, but there's all this talk about having big off seasons and then this guy's yeah. fucking riding jet skis all around the world. Well, I- I'll say this in fairness to Kuzmenko. If you were following him on Instagram after he signed with the Canucks, he was basically just like water skiing for like yeah. three months straight. Yeah, so no, like- <laughs> it seems to work for him. So, so now he's, he's water skiing in more exotic locales because he just got yeah. $5 million. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Wow. Well, hopefully it <laughs> oh, doesn't affect his shooting percentage next b- year. But before we go, John, and I'm asking this not as a as a member of your uh, insane fantasy hockey league, which which we're mm-hmm. both a part of. Yeah. Uh, but who are you going to be picking? Uh, was it seventh or eighth overall? <laughs> who you got? Seventh. Yeah. Seventh. You're asking me this not as a member of yeah, the league. This How will is, this uh... this will not this <laughs> I will not use this information uh, at all in my fantasy hockey league. I, I don't know, Stefan, is the better question whom I'm picking at 11th, 13th, and 15th? Oh, that is that is a good point, yeah. Yeah, those are, if you don't know, those are the tra- those are the picks that I have also. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's well, maybe a, a little discussion of maybe a move up. May, I don't even need 15th. I'll take 11 and 13 to move yeah, up. Yeah, we could do that. That works for me. I be- That works for both of us because, like, I don't, I, I need less picks right now. <laughs> I know, and uh, I don't have a second rounder, so. yeah. Well, we'll, Bing, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll Done discuss. Deal. Yeah. I think Clayton Finished. Keller's off the table, especially because he's probably going to get traded to like a good team. So, Oh, yeah. That I mean, that's really a huge, we forgot to talk about mistake. that. That's a huge the, mistake uh, for you. Well, how is it a huge <laughs> mistake for me? I, I I had one win last year with Keller and Dreisaitl. I'm not doing much worse next year. You should. I know, but that's what I'm saying is like you can get younger. Oh, well, Keller's like 24. Anyway, yeah. the, we, we didn't talk about his dad so pretending, pretending to get hacked. Hacked. Yeah, that was really that was great. Sick. Yeah. I love to hack the dads of NHL <laughs> players and uh, threaten to have my my son, quote unquote, <laughs> leave. The, leave the I think he, I think he is going to get tra- like if he, he's, he'll get traded to like the Rangers or something or like like for Lafreniere or something. I don't like, think he's getting traded. I don't know. It sounds like he doesn't want to be there. I don't think. 
But they can't just Nobody trade everybody. Does. No, I, I agree. But like, you know, trade him for like Lafreniere, Caco, and like but a first Arizona, rounder or something. Arizona's moving though. So what what does he care? He'll go to Houston or whatever. Or Salt I mean, Lake City. Are they, or they, or they looks just, like a Mormon. Or are they going to like what was what's what's the other city in Arizona that they're apparently gonna play it was like in next Mesa season? or something? It was like yeah, another Mesa, Gilbert. Yeah. further out suburb. I don't know. They're on their Twitter poll. It is such a fucking joke, man. It sucks. Oh, man. I think it's the so Twitter bad. person is just lying. I mean, I think they're going to Salt Lake City, man. I think you think, I think it's gonna happen going, in like the next two weeks. They're gonna announce I think it's it, like, genuinely possible they play in a different city next year. Yes. Yeah. Or like a different state, a different city. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because they're not gonna come right out. It could guess, happen right? real fast. It happens with the Thrashers, if the ar- I guess. Yeah. Totally. And especially if the arena's already there. Yeah. Like, who cares, man? Make a new team. The Salt Lake City uh, polygamists uh, <laughs> put like a big, you know, they just got a big family on the front of the jersey. Their or- mascot could be Warren Jeffs with like a huge head. <laughs> like, yeah. Their mascot is Brigham Young. Yeah. yeah. Dude, okay. the, yeah. the Coyotes Twitter. I- this is the worst it's fucking so shit nuts, I've man. ever seen. Yeah. It's like, not good. <laughs> they did the they did the if this tweet gets 20k likes and it's linked to like newarenaplans.squaredspace.com and then it's like a meme that says when you realize the admin went rogue and then they took that with great power comes great responsibility. I'm only doing this for you fans xoxo admin and then it's like a shitty meme of a school bus getting hit by a train and the school bus is labeled Coyote's front office trying to log admin out and then Coyote's admin. And then here's the kick. That was pretty good. That was a good hey, one. Hey, Elon I thought that Musk, was a good one. Is this how you yeah. use Twitter? Oh. That was the. That's when it all milkshake ducked. It was like five minutes after the, the train tweet was good, and everybody was like, "Oh, this train tweet rocks." And then like five minutes later, they're trying to tag Elon, and then it was like, "Wow, that was the fastest milkshake duck in history." Yeah, that's that's no good. I feel. I just think sports teams on Twitter should just go back to posting the scores, basically yeah. scores and transactions. That's all I need. I just need basically. The equivalent of back in the day, looking at the newspaper the next morning to see the box scores and the stats and everything and like, you know, transactions like I just need that. I don't need I don't need my sports team on Twitter to have a personality. Thank you very you much. You don't like seeing them I clap do. back? No, I'm just kidding. It's the nice part about the Leafs. The Le- the only thing. The yeah, I was going to say they don't do that at all, right? Like, nothing. Very, they don't do yeah. anything like that. I mean, they'll post like the players doing sure. little videos or whatever, but there's no snark. There's no. Yeah. Ooh, we're playing the Wibble Senators tonight. Like there's oh. none of that. There's none of that little bullshit. But the one thing the Leafs Twitter did, which was really, really funny that I remember is uh, when Shanahan took over the team at the time, the Leafs Twitter was following a ton of people oh, like, right. tw- like 20,000 accounts or whatever, including oh, me. Um, it wasn't everybody that followed them. It was like they had 500,000 followers and they were following like 20,000 people. And then when Shanahan took over, they decided to un- mass unfollow everyone. So they only follow like the guys who play for the team and some of the sponsors of the Leafs and whatever. And that's mm-hmm. it. Did that and people, too recently, right? And yeah. people got so mad. Yeah. Like, oh my God, my favorite hockey team unfollowed me. Like, <laughs> I can't believe they would do that to me. Like, I'm such a longtime fan of this team and I can't believe they would do that. And what it was, so, I could not possibly imagine being mad about that, but people were so pissed off for like two days. It was Hockey awesome. Twitter is so stupid. I really John Cena so and Barack Obama unfollowed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, John, thank you for joining us. This was great. Hey, 
Thanks for having me, guys. Nice. Yeah, uh, thank you. Nice to see the Leafs do something stupid enough where you thought, hey, we got to call John. <laughs> <laughs> Have him on our podcast about hating the teams. Well, they look, I'm, for. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the Leafs. I, I, on, thank I'm 50 50. I do want them to hire Jim Benning, but I also don't want you to be like super miserable. So mm-hmm. um, thank you, Stefan. I appreciate you know, that. Well, I, I'm praying for Brad for a living. I think that's a, that's a, it's kind of right in the middle there. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us. Is there anything you'd like you to plug? Me. Hint, hint. <laughs> oh yes uh you can check out i have uh one podcast okay. it's called the pod cast right. and it is a uh, <laughs> no uh yeah stefan and i host blocked party i'm i would imagine if you listen to this show you're probably familiar with it but we have a guest on every week to talk about a time they were blocked on social media uh great episode this week uh with joe quizala um so yeah you can check that out we're at blocked party pod and you can follow me at cullen the comic um, and I'm on Blue Sky. I was going to ask. Now. You're on Blue yeah. Sky. Yeah, I'm uh, John. I'm just John Cullen on 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 Blue Sky. Yeah. So yeah, check check me out. Aaron, are you on Blue Sky yet? No, I'm too young. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be 37 at least to get on Blue Sky. Um, <laughs> check out Patreon.com/slash I hate this team, and also give us a little five star rating on your podcast apps. I haven't done a call to action for that in a minute, yep. but I think it helps with ratings and stuff. Yeah. 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 Please do that. Thank you. Anyways, I hate this team. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Did somebody say just
smoke a whip, triple shot of it's a lot of Ring, 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 ring,